You're listening to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, episode number 156. We're talking about seeing the good and sharing the good in any situation, but especially when it gets hard. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Dr. Jen Ryday, former burned out mom of six turned happiness whisperer. And I'm here to help you get off that hamster wheel and make time for yourself without the guilt, so you can live a balanced, calm, heart-centered life. With over 2.5 million downloads, this is the Vibrant Happy Women podcast. Welcome back to Vibrant Happy Women. I am Jen Riday, mom of six, and I want to share something funny. Did you know that when I was first starting the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, I almost called it Crazy Happy Women? Yay or nay? You know, I had some feedback and lots of people said, Jen, crazy. I'm not sure that's the word you're looking for. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you're here and listening because I have a beautiful soul for you to get to know today. Her name is Stacy Nearing, and she lost her daughter, Lily, not too long ago and went into the depths of despair, as you can imagine. My heart was just so tender throughout this interview. And I want to challenge you to go ahead and listen, even though sometimes we don't want to go into that tender space because it really helped me appreciate my life so much more. Stacy has this beautiful mantra or motto that she shares and is using to help inspire other people with Lily's story. And that phrase is, see good, do good, share good. You know, we all have those hard, gut-wrenching moments. They come, they go. They wax, they wane, it's ups and downs, but how do you face it and stay as positive as possible? I love that phrase, see good, do good, and share good. You're going to hear Stacy's story of coping with her daughter's death and how she has made it into something beautiful by forming a nonprofit, Live Like Lily, a wonderful story that will help you want to do a little more good in your corner of the world as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this interview. Stacy Nearing is from Rapid City, South Dakota, and she's married to her wonderful husband, Josh, and she has five beautiful children, Lily, their angel in heaven, Isabella, age 12, Talmadge, nine, Benson, seven, Nelson, five, and they have one on the way in June. And besides being a busy mom, Stacy helps her husband with his periodontal office and runs their nonprofit, Live Like Lily, where she and her family spread the message Lily lived by, see good, do good, share good. Stacy loves to exercise. She says it's for her sanity and it's cheaper than meds. She enjoys being outdoors, running, hiking, camping, and biking, and she also loves to read. Welcome to Vibrant Happy Women, Stacy. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad you're here, fellow Midwesterner. And you know, I don't really meet very many people from South or North Dakota, so I'm glad you can be here and represent your state. <laughs> yeah, awesome. me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always start off the show with a quote, and I'd love to hear your favorite quote today. My favorite quote is, be grateful in any circumstance, and gratitude is like magic. So how have you been applying those in your life? Well, different low points and trials in my life. I broke my ankle when I was just had my youngest boy. He's now five. And there's just such an outreach of love and service to our family. So that meant I couldn't exercise, which is like my sanity. So going into it, I was really sad and mad about it that I'd broken my ankle. And 
but I found myself at night rather than saying why me, just thinking about those people that had reached out in love and done so much for our family and just so grateful for that and for all that I had. So just gratitude really is like magic. You can change a bad situation, any trial that you're going through. If you look for the good, it just, you see that and you just are filled with gratitude. So, And those families who helped you during that time, do you feel like a different kind of bond with them because of needing to be in that vulnerable position of receiving service? Oh, yeah, for sure. They're just always on my heart. And the little things like that, bringing groceries or a simple meal or just even a text, those things, they're small, but they're so big to me. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. awesome. Well, let's dive in and hear the story of your low point. And I bet this theme of gratitude will be woven in there as well. And I think it's so important because it just helps us see the good. It it brings so much happiness to Mm -hmm. have gratitude. But a lot of people think, oh, it's not possible when life's hard. But yeah, yeah, tell us your story. Okay, so August 2017, my family, we headed to Florida where my sister lives and we were going to do a family reunion. And my parents had been on a mission for our church for a year and a half in St. Lucia. So it was a family reunion. Definitely excited to see them. The kids hadn't seen them for a year and a half. So we spent an awesome week at the beach and just being together. And then my husband headed home early to go back to work. And I, the kids headed back a few days later. We flew to Denver and then drove home to Rapid City, South Dakota. So it was about a six-hour drive. And I had started out, I was, you know, anytime you go on vacation, you're tired. And I was driving and going through Wyoming. And I, all of a sudden, I had hit a side rail. And I had fallen asleep just momentarily and swerved because I was going off the road. And we rolled probably three times. And then landed in the ditch. Mm. And I thought I had been awake for the whole thing, but my kids said that the man that came and helped our family was shaking me to try to wake me up. So I came to, and I was upside down in my seatbelt. I got out of my seatbelt and the man was like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm going to help your daughter. And so I got out by myself and I went out, I got out of the car and I saw my four children I was going to stand up, but then everything went black. So I laid down on my side and my right side felt really heavy. So I knew it broken something. So Mm -hmm. I just laid there and I was conscious for all of that, but just kind of just coughing up blood and just, and then I was looking around while I was searching for Lily. She's the oldest and I could see her from the chest down across from where I was. And I could tell that she wasn't She had really heavy labored breathing. And anyways, there was many people who came and helped. It was really sunny. There was someone who's holding up a blanket, bringing me water. There was a priest that prayed with me and said that he would pray with Lily, my daughter. And then they told me that they were going to lifelight myself, Talmadge, my oldest son, and Lily to a hospital in Nebraska. And then they were going to take my other three, Isabel, Benson, and Nelson in an ambulance to a hospital nearby there. So through this, I look back and I think this is just such, it was just chaos. But at the same time, I felt peace. It was like this just overwhelming peace. And I really felt like there'll be a miracle. And I thought, well, it has to be Lily because all my other kids, they were walking around and they, I could tell that some of them had bruises and different things, but they were okay. 
And I guess at some point they thought that Talmadge's injuries were a lot worse because they took him on the helicopter. So they had three helicopters. We're all in a separate one. And I got to the hospital and they told me I had a broken collarbone and shoulder and a broken toe, but we'd be all right. And I was there and they had me on painkillers and someone called my husband and he just, a friend of his and him, they just got in the car and they raced to Wyoming to pick my other kids up and then came to meet me that night. And he's the one that told me the news that Lily didn't make it. She had hit her head, I guess, so hard when it happened that she didn't make it. But that, I was in shock for sure Mm -hmm. and on meds. So I was kind of out of it too. But I guess the coming home from that, we had one guy that works in our town. He's auto body guy. And he came, he just hopped in his car and he said, I'll tow your car because it obviously was demolished. And then there was, when we got home, there was notes and there was food in our fridge. They'd clean my house, like friends had come and done this. And there was friends that met us on the driveway when we pulled in. Hmm. And just leading up to the funeral, it was just, oh, I get teary-eyed because it's just so... The outreach of love and support was so amazing. During this time, there was friends that I had bruised my face really bad and were going to get ready for a, the funeral. And I said, I need something that's going to cover up all my bruises. So they went and got makeup for me that would help with that. And they had to shave her head partly. And I was like, well, I would like a wig for that. So there was friends that went and found a wig and There's a group of men that we had been in the process of finishing our deck. And so they said, well, we'll buy all the lumber and we're going to finish it for you. And it was like every nail that went in that they pounded into that deck was just a touch of love from them. They had set up meals for our family for two months. We used to live in Richmond, Virginia, and there was a... GoFundMe that got started and they wanted to provide house cleaning because I obviously couldn't do it with a broken collarbone. So -hmm. they raised enough to provide house cleaning for three months. Mm -hmm. And so from all of this, I think, and then just cards and cards that came in and just the constant love and support that we felt. We started, well, Josh asked, my sisters asked what they could do for us. And Josh just said, live like Lily. Because Lily really was the happiest little girl. Well, she wasn't little, but <laughs> when she was younger, she won. I put her in a baby contest and she won Best Smile and Happiest. Aww. And that, that really <laughs> like <laughs> it, what kept going throughout her life. She was the one that smiled at everyone. She was the one that said, hi, how are you? Even if she didn't know you. We always said it was like she gave us 10,000 hugs in her 13 years. <laughs> because every time we would leave the house... She'd have to give us 20 hugs, I'm joking. <laughs> and she always just told us how much she loved us and Aww. always just so positive. And she was the one that, and you don't really realize the impact of someone's life until they're gone. Mm-hmm. Just the many people who reached out to us and told us how Lily impacted their life for the good. And so that was such a neat thing. And so I think just from all of the wonderfulness that everyone gave to us. We just wanted to 
have Lily's legacy live on of doing good. And so we started Live Like Lily, which is a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the motto is see good, do good, share good. Mm-hmm. And we just want to help spread that. Some ways that we've done that, she loved to dance. And so I contacted her dance studio and said, I would love to give some dance scholarships to girls who can't afford it. Hmm. And so they perform for a group called Girls Inc. And these girls come from hard family lives and they provide a kind of after school support system and different programs for them. And it's also a nonprofit. So they perform for them every year. And so the, we did that the December after Lily passed away, we were able to give away a scholarship and Prima Dance is her dance studio. And they said, well, we would like to do one too. And then it kind of trickled down to her point teacher who said, well, I would love to provide one too. So we had planned for three scholarships that night. And after the girls dance, we presented the story of Live Like Lily and what we were planning to go forward with. And by the end of the night, there were three more families that were parents of the dancers that came up to us and said, we want to provide scholarships too. Aww. So that was such like the best Christmas present ever because just what we see good, do good, share good. They saw the good and they wanted to do good and they shared it with those girls. And it was just such an amazing night and event. So we have done that this year again and we're able to give away eight. So Aww, that's awesome. great. Yeah. So another thing that inspired the Live Like Lily Foundation was a essay that she wrote for her advanced reading class, and it was sponsored through Rotary Club, and it's called How Can I Apply the Four-Way Test to My Life? The four-way test can be applied very often in our daily lives. Our lives are so undoubtedly busy and fast-paced, it can be hard to even remember what we ate for breakfast. When we are continually moving, it can be difficult to remember to think about the four-way test questions. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build good will and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? Try to pause and think a moment about what the impact of our words and actions can have on people, whether it be texting, commenting on social media, on the phone when you email someone, or talking to a complete stranger that you will never see again, or a loved one that you will see in five minutes. Remember, your words have power. They can be used to build someone up if they are having a bad day, or can do the complete opposite. It can tear them down even lower than they were before. If someone is not having a good day and taking it out on everyone else they see, try to think of the four-way test. Ponder on something you could say that is truthful, fair to everyone, that would build goodwill and friendship, and something that would be beneficial to all concerned. Even a smile can change their entire day. A quote by Anonymous, gracious words are like honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Our words can spread light and They can infiltrate despair and darkness into the hearts of others. We must use our words carefully as we go through our daily lives. My dad asked my siblings and I one simple question every day. What did you do today that was nice for someone? I always look for service I could do for someone every day so I can make the people around me happy. Sometimes we focus on the big services and we should be doing and think. How can I do all these things when I am so busy or I am too busy I can't even think straight right now, much less with more things to juggle? Think of little acts of kindness that you can do that would make someone happy. Perhaps a smile and offer to help someone with their groceries or hold the door. They can all make a difference in people's lives and help us to apply the four-way test. 
Think about it. Holding the door open for someone would be something that you could use the four-way test. It would be truthful, fair to everyone, build goodwill and better friendships, and would be beneficial to all concerned. We can apply the four-way test in our lives. Let's spread the joy of doing good for others. You had the power all along, my dear. Glinda the Good Witch, the Wizard of Oz by Lily Neary. (laughs) Beautiful. Oh, no wonder she won. (laughs) I love that. Awesome. Yeah. So last year we did a Love Like Lily Gala. We had a white party where everyone comes dressed in white. That was one of her favorite colors was white. And so we had some of her friends just talk about the impact her life had had on them. And we had probably around over 100 people attend and an auction for bidding and just a fundraiser for the foundation. But my favorite part, and it made grown men cry, was one of the girls that received the scholarship, the dance scholarship. She got up and talked and it was truly just from the heart. And she just said, I wish I would have known Lily because she just seems like an amazing girl. And I I'm thankful for this scholarship because I wouldn't have been able to dance if I hadn't had it. And just it was just a really, really neat night to celebrate Lily and the good that we're trying to do. <laughs> and I love that. I mean, you know, you get to see the good on an individual level, each person and see how you're just touching lives. And we can all do this in small ways. Mm-hmm holding doors, helping someone who needs help listening. I love it. It's really great. Cool. Well, thank you. So if people listening wanted to donate or help the cause, what would they need to do? So there's a link. It's B-I-T-L-Y dot live like Lily. Dot live like Lily. Oh, yeah. And Lily is L-I-L-L-I. Oh, that's so great. And so... Eight girls get to dance. I think that's Mm -hmm. such a legacy. I love that you're doing that in her name. Yeah, it's awesome. And then a really cool story was the director over there. She just told us that one of the girls, she didn't have support from her family. And for the recital, they weren't going to do anything about it. So the director, she took her to Girls Inc., fed her dinner, did her hair and makeup and took her to the recital and watched it. So it was just like that kind of thing. For these girls to have even an hour a week to just be in dance and do what they love. And it's just such a gift mm. for me to know that they're able to do that. That's beautiful. Yeah. So going back to the time after Lily's funeral, tell us more about your ups and downs personally and, and how you came to that decision to turn it into something good. I think for the first bit, I was still like just in shock and the hurt was so overwhelming. Like, you know, it like hurt to touch her things and it hurt to think about memories and different things like that. And it was, I think, just talking about it really, like even on Instagram, when I first posted pictures of us traveling home, like that was one of the hardest things, but it was also healing for me. Mm-hmm. And I started journal writing every night, just thoughts that came to me and miracles that have happened. So you would write things about hurting and the miracles you saw, or were you focused more on just the good things to help keep your mind where you wanted it to be? It was both. It was, this is how I'm feeling the lowest, you know, I've ever been, but also looking at the miracles. Cause I really felt like, yeah, it's okay to be discouraged and obviously hurting as much as I did, but you can't stay there for very long or else it's just not a good thing. Mm -hmm. So, And what beliefs do you hold that help you to cope so well with her death? So I believe that there is life after death. 
and she is alive in spirit. And definitely God has definitely helped me through this. Mm -hmm. It's his love and his peace that you can't find anywhere else. And it's not like it automatic, it would happen quickly because this last, last year and a half, there has been, you know, I think being involved with this nonprofit has definitely been therapeutic. Therapeutic. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> it's been very therapeutic. Yes. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. And I will tell you, and I know not everyone believes life after death, but Lily, she's been very close. Mm -hmm. And there's been lots of neat experiences where I felt her. Like the first time I went for a run, I felt her so close and I was sobbing. It was, mm -hmm. and she was like, Good job, mom. You know, I like heard that. And it just to have her close and and it wasn't all the time, but it was just little things. So just knowing that she was close was a great comfort too. Yeah, that's beautiful. Did your husband have similar experiences? Yeah, it was interesting. It was like the day after she'd passed away, he woke up, you know, and you're like, hey, this really happened. And he was just really, really sad. And he heard Lily's voice and she said, dad, I'm not dead. I'm alive. Everything you taught me, it's true. And so, and then he just called me and he was all happy. And I'm like, why are you so happy? <laughs> <laughs> but he told me that experience. And so that's been, that was a turning, just, you know, your perspective really changes when you have that. Mm, that's reality. so beautiful. I'm being quiet because I'm actually sitting here just bawling. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um, how about your kids? What was it like for them? So Lily was 13 when she passed away and Isabella, she's our second. And so two years, she was 11 when it happened. And she, Lily was always the outgoing one. You know, Isabel's more quiet and reserved. And so for her, I was just so worried because I just said, if you need to talk, I'm here and you don't need to be strong. And it's, you know, and she didn't want to talk about it at first. She said, I'm never going to talk about it because it hurts too much. And I just said, okay. And I gave her her space, but she did, she's into art. And so she was able to express her feelings through that. She would, you know, paint like really uplifting quotes, like it's going to be okay. I have this, it's on a sticky note here on my computer. And she wrote that and she's written things painted on canvas, more scriptures, more prayer equals happiness. And so I was comforted by that mm -hmm. because I thought if you keep it all in, then it's not going to be healthy. And But for her to express through that, I was like, okay, we'll just give her her space. And, and as time has gone on, she has talked more about it and she's been open and we've cried together. And the boys, they're younger, but they too have felt her close and had some neat experiences. And we've just been really open. If you need to talk about it, then we will. And we'll, if we need to cry about it, we will. And it's just been in still we, you know, they'll come to me. I really miss Lily. And we'll talk about memories or just how they're feeling or I'll just hold them. And so hmm. they all are very happy and it seems to. And my husband, he lost his oldest brother when he was younger. And I remember him saying before this all happened, he said, us kids, we look to our parents and they handled it so well. You know, they you heard and there's moments of whatever, but he said that we just kind of followed their example. I don't know if that's the right word, but and so I just remember that and just tried to taught them how to mourn and 
I love how you said, if you need to talk about it, we will. If you need to uh-huh. cry about it, we will. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Do you still feel Lily sometimes? Yeah. I don't feel like it's as much. I really feel like at that time I needed it more and she would, you know, come, she will be there when you need it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And some really cool things is her friends actually have had experiences too. Wow. Yeah. Where they've actually seen her. Wow. Yeah. That's neat. It was, it's really neat. And I think, you know, that's what they needed at that time. So I'm grateful for that. Oh, so good. So going forward, what are your goals for the Live Like Lily nonprofit? So our goals is education and helping those less fortunate youth. A lot of it is centered around the youth. So we have the dance scholarships. Mm -hmm. And then as I was really like, thinking about what the purpose of this nonprofit should be. I was just, you know, really thinking and what came to my head was just research and read. And so one day I was looking at Facebook and something popped up about iGen. I don't know if you've heard about that before. I haven't. So it's a book that Jean Twen, she wrote, and she just talks about this is the generation that has grown up with internet. They've never had any time without internet and talks about the epidemic of digital addiction and different things like that. Mm -hmm. And Lily, she never had a phone and she never had like, this doesn't really, a lot of nonprofits, you know, my daughter died of cancer. So I'm going to start a nonprofit to help cancer. And for me, it's just more, she was a youth. And so I'm going to try to help youth and mm-hmm. carry on her legacy. So this digital epidemic is just the the rise, you know, we've seen it of suicide and depression and anxiety and how it correlates a lot to social media and video games and just different things. So she just talks about how there's a concern and this is our like the first generation that's ever had to deal with it. So we're kind of in the middle of it and we have to figure it out while it's going. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to start service clubs in the middle schools to help combat that oh. in a sense. So I approached her middle school principal, Lindsay Rummel, and said I wanted to start one. And she said, well, let's start a builders club with Kiwanis. And so we started that. And there's youth that they plan their own service projects. They carry them out and just get together and serve. So Oh, neat. Neat, Yeah. This is our first year, obviously, doing it, but it's been neat. They've raised money for UNICEF. They're making blankets for a children's home for abused children and given, you know, done a warm clothes drive and different things like that. So, And so this is kind of presenting them with a non-phone alternative to do something else with their time. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Do you ever plan to expand it and start educating them about phone use or, you know, where do you see it going? What we're working on right now is having Colin Karchner. He has been traveling nationwide talking to youth about this epidemic. And he isn't an expert. He's not a psychologist or anything, but he's just a very motivational speaker that really gets to the heart of the youth. And he's just had so many messages from youth saying, I've wanted to stop this. I know I've had a problem and I'm going to now. And, you know, because sometimes when parents say it, they don't want to listen a lot Mm -hmm. of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And so he's just very motivational. So we're going to bring him to Rapid City this September. And he's going to speak to all the middle schools and we'll have a parent night also. So we're excited about that. Oh, way to go. I love this. Ah, it's beautiful. Well, so 
I want to talk about, you know, some of your favorite things, but just okay. wrapping up this little section, if there are others out there listening who have dealt with a very difficult death, or maybe they're right, it's happened fresh for them, or they're still, you know, in a lot of pain from a death, what advice would you give them? I would say find someone or even if it's a group. One thing that I had a psychologist come and talk to me while I was in the hospital, and he said, the biggest thing that's going to get you through this is a good support system. I thought I had, I was like, yeah, I have some friends. I think I'll be good. I have family. But I was blown away by people that I, you know, wouldn't consider really close friends, but that reached out in huge ways. And so I totally attest to that, that if you can find, even if it's not a big group, if you can find one person that you can talk to, that you can just have, you know, their love and try to look for the good around you. I know it's some days it's so hard, but even if it's just one simple thing is like the sunset, Lily always loves sunsets. So whenever I saw one, it was just brought so much comfort. And even if it's a simple thing is that. So yeah, look for the good around you. Perfect. Yeah. Can you imagine if men had to shop for boxers the way women shop for bras? having to select between padded, underwire, or push-up? Ew. Well, I don't know about you, but I like my bra shopping to be easy. And I don't love going to a lingerie department where there's this nosy woman standing outside trying to get me to try on something else. It is the worst. Well, that is why I am in love with Harper Wild Bras. They bring the fitting room right to your home by providing free shipping both ways. You can try on your bras and only keep the ones you love. Plus, their bras are really functional and comfortable. They feel like you're wearing air and they give you the support that your girls need. <laughs> your girls, girls. I love that they come in just three colors. I don't have to choose between lacy and bows and all the different colors. Functional and comfort are my thing. So Harper Wild is amazing for that. Plus, they donate a portion of their proceeds to organizations that empower women. So not only are you supporting your ladies, you're supporting other ladies. Okay, it is time to start lifting up your girls with a Harper Wild bra. I want you to try them for free. All you have to do is go to Harper Wild, W-I-L-D-E, HarperWild.com slash happy women to get started today with a free at-home try-on. And I recommend you select three bras to try on. Plus, don't forget to add the free bra wash bag to your shopping cart as well. That's HarperWild.com slash happy women to try on three bras at home for free and get your free bra wash bag. As you know, 2019 is my year of health, which means I'm trying to eat lower carb and to just be generally healthier. Well, I want to tell you about Perfect Keto Bars. I just tried them recently for the first time and they are delicious. But what is cool about them is they only have three grams of net carbs, which means when you eat them, they're not going to spike your blood sugar and tell your body to release insulin, which says, hey, we got to store fat. Well, I don't know about you, but I want to get rid of the fat. And I want to have more energy and less brain fog. And Perfect Keto Bars really, really help with that. They have really good flavors like almond butter brownie, my favorite, salted caramel, and lemon poppy seed. Cool beans for you because Perfect Keto has a deal for you. You can get 20% off their entire product line by going to perfectketo.com slash happywomen and enter the code happywomen at checkout. Perfectketo, K-E-T-O dot com slash happywomen and enter the code happywomen at checkout to get 20% off their delicious Perfect Keto bars, nut butters, and more. 
Okay, let's shift a little and talk about some of your favorite things. So you mentioned you're a big exerciser. When did that start? And (laughs) some of us want to be big exercisers, <laughs> but we would love some tips from you on that. <laughs> okay. Growing up, I was a dancer and so I was always active. And then I got married and we didn't have a lot of money. So I just started running because all you need is a pair of shoes and just started doing that regularly. And then as my husband and I, we moved across the nation to Virginia where he went to dental school and I joined the YMCA there and started doing classes. And that was, it's just such a fun thing for me. Yeah. So, yeah. And so you have, you know, a lot of kids and that's often our excuse for not exercising. Yeah. So how do you get around that one? (laughs) Yeah. So I, at first I just had a double stroller and I just push them. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was, I hurt my foot and so I couldn't run anymore as much as I wanted to. And so I went to the YMCA and they had a place to watch kids. But now living in Rapid City, there's one place that does that. But anyways, I have to get up really early (laughs) Mm. and exercise. And then there's another, I go to two places and then I just bring my little one along when I do the later classes. But So do you get up early to run or you're going to an exercise class? An exercise class, a spin class and Wow. And how early do you have to go? I have to wake up at five and be there by 530. So. Okay. That's the schedule I'm (laughs) trying to lock into. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I have waves, right? I just, Uh that consistency piece. I suppose you just have to keep going. You can never allow the break or you slip. Do you find that? Yeah. And for me, it's more of like, it's such a sanity thing for me. Uh-huh. And it's such a, it's not just physical, it's mental too. It's just like, okay, after I get my workout in, I'm just set for the day and I feel good physically and mentally. So yeah, that's good. You can see the, <laughs> the other benefits from it. That's smart. Yeah. So what is your favorite easy meal? I love Mexican foods. So it would have to be honey lime enchiladas or tacos. Oh, honey yeah. lime enchiladas. That sounds yummy. Which I got from the Sisters Cafe online. Okay. It's a really good recipe. <laughs> yeah, we'll put a link to that on our show notes okay. page at jenriday.com slash 156, everyone. Oh, that sounds good. It's at the Sisters what? Cafe. Okay. Yeah, we'll put a link. Yeah. And your favorite kitchen gadget? My Bosch mixer. Love that thing. I used to, well, I still have a KitchenAid. And then when I tried to make bread, it was jumping all over the place. Uh And so my husband, he finally got me a Bosch mixer and I love it. I actually have gotten, since Lily's death, I've gotten a lot into making cakes Uh from scratch. Uh I just found it like, it's a big process. It takes a while, but it was just like therapy for me as I was like, just creating something beautiful and delicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cake by Courtney is my favorite website for, she has the most delicious like types of cakes and they always turn out wonderful. So, and just really, it takes just different tips that she gives on there, you know, getting your icing smooth. And so it's just been a fun thing, a fun, I guess, talent to develop and I'm still working on it, but. <laughs> oh, that's great. Cake by Courtney. Cool. Yeah. And what's your favorite life hack? Random thing that helps you? Yeah, this is might sound funny. I work out every day, so obviously I'm going to get sweaty, but I have really thick hair and so I don't like washing it every day Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it takes a long time. 
So I actually blow dry my sweat. It might sound gross. <laughs> and then my favorite dry shampoo in your set. <laughs> I love it. Finally, a practical tip. We all know not every mom showers every day. This yeah. is good. And you're just well, owning it. I shower, but I just don't wash my hair every day. <laughs> oh, for your hair. Okay, yes, gotcha. So I blow dry my sweat on my hair and then my dry shampoo and then I'm good to go. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Dry shampoo would mask any smell. So that's good. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like to do for fun as a family? We love to play board games. Mm -hmm. In the summer, we like going hiking and camping. We like to go to watch movies together. And we actually have a projector. So our favorite thing in the summer is to project a movie on the side of our house and get our sleeping bags out and popcorn. That's one of our favorite things. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. And your favorite book? As of right now is Glow Kids, and it's kind of along the same lines as what I was talking about, the digital epidemic. And I really think it is such an educational book that every parent should read it. It's okay. great. Awesome. So, And what does it mean for you to be a vibrant and happy woman? I think realizing life is you're going to have your ups and downs, but being able to be happy and finding the good through those hard times, that's when it really even, you know, you have to dig deep during those times, but you still can, you can have that happy time during hard times. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Look, <laughs> see the good. Yeah. That's the theme. It's beautiful. Yeah. And what do you envision for your life going forward with your family? Any goals that you have for yourself aside from the nonprofit, which sounds amazing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this new baby is a big surprise. It was ah. fun. So I've had to like reassess because I was my littlest one. He's going to kindergarten in the fall. And so I had, I'm like, okay, I'm free in a sense, you know, and I'm going to have all this free time. And I was thinking about going back to school, but to having a, ba a newborn, I can still do that. So it's kind of trying to wrap my head around a different plan right now. So you're going to keep going back to school and just juggle it, you think? We'll see. I haven't made, <laughs> made a concrete decision in that. but Oh, you haven't decided? Oh, no. Okay. So Cool. Well, there's always cakes, right? <laughs> <That's>, yes, yes. <laughs> you have to have that creative outlet for sure. Yes, yep. Well, I appreciate your story. And like I said, it, it touched me a lot. I think I'm going to end our call and go cry some more, really. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it light so everyone driving isn't crying through their tears. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a beautiful story. And I'm so inspired by your strength. I mean, you use that word dig deep. And I can tell you did. But I think I'm even I just wish I knew Lily. She sounds amazing. And that, you know, that you felt her presence. And I don't know, it's just so touching the whole story. So clearly, you've made good things come from it. And she is still touching so many lives. And now, you know, you get to share this story on the podcast. I think it will just keep growing. Do you ever think about writing a book? People have said that. And I think all my journal entries, maybe that's why I felt so strongly about just putting those things down consistently so that I remember them. Mm -hmm. And my husband, he started every day he was saying something on Facebook. Mm -hmm. He's kind of dropped off on that, but he was a journal writer too. And I, I have actually thought about it lately. And yes, I could see that in our future. <laughs> cool. That would be beautiful. Yeah. Well, let's have a challenge from you to our listeners. And then we'll say goodbye. Okay. And I think I've said it, but find everything you're grateful for, because that will really help you see the good 
in everything, in your family, in your world, in your friends. Because we all know that family is hard sometimes. The world is, you know, in chaos. Friends, there's up and downs. But if you look at the person maybe that you're having a hard time with and find the good in them, something good, then you'll in turn be find gratitude. Beautiful. Be happy. Well, Stacey, thank you so much for being on the show. You touched my heart today and I can't wait to hear how many other hearts you've touched as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. There you have it. A beautiful, tender story of finding the good from a heart-wrenching situation. And I love the Rotary Club's four-way test that Lily wrote about in her essay. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? And will it be beneficial to all concerned? And I feel like that could be a test of any decision we're trying to make. Is it true? Is it fair? Is it beneficial? Will it build happiness and friendship? Then go for it. So I love that. And we can apply that in our lives for sure. Well, I really appreciated having this chance to talk with Stacy. I hope you loved it as much as I did. I will be back later this week with a happy bit. And I'll be back next week with an interview with Patricia Lohan all about feng shui in our homes. And boy, there's this most amazing tip she shared. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it blew my mind. And now for maybe the first time in my life, I'm changing the way I decorate my home because of it. So that will be next week. I appreciate you being here. I love you all. You're amazing. Right now, take a moment and give yourself a pat on the back. Maybe give yourself a hug and say, dude, you are a freaking rock star because it's true. Say it to yourself. Feel it. Know it's true and make it a vibrant and happy day. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast at www.jenriday.com.